Today's podcast is once again brought to you by Audible. Thanks, Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Visit www.audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge today. My name is Frag Kep. I'm the host of the Teacher Recharge podcast, and I can't get that one song that's like, I want you to be happier, I want you to, I can't get it out of my head, man, I just, I cannot. Anyways, let's get this episode going. Hello, Teacher Recharge listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Teacher Recharge Podcast. We got another ringer today. The week before you go on break, we got a ringer to help you get there. His name is Seth Oldham. I cannot say enough good things about this guy. He's impressive. He's empowering. He is energetic. He's funny. He's everything that you would ever want in an interview, a person, and a teacher. He is here to talk with us about a lot of stuff. So first of all, a little bit about him. He graduated from Friends University with a degree in Spanish and Spanish education. He started his teaching career at a Catholic middle school here in Wichita. He moved to Manhattan, Kansas and be Came a wildcat at Kansas State University and he got his master's degree in second language acquisition. Taught Spanish 101 and 102 as a graduate teaching assistant. Now he is at Lincoln College Preparatory Academy in Kansas City, Missouri. And he's working with high achieving students from the urban core and he teaches in the IB program. He's a student council sponsor and the Gender and Sexuality Alliance Club sponsor. I am telling you, man, this guy is everything. I mean, he's tight. Enjoy this one, and without further ado, here is Seth. All right, how's everybody doing today? We have another amazing guest on the show. His name is Seth Oldham. He is here. How are you doing? What up, Fred? I'm good. Enjoying Saturday morning. It's so nice to have nothing to do for once. Hey, man, you don't have anything <laughs> to do. That's that's kind of new. Pretty cool. The only problem is, where are you located right now? I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Right, so it is freezing. Oh my yes. gosh. Three pairs of socks, for <laughs> my sure. goodness. Anyways... So you are, wow, very accomplished, it looks oh, like. Oh, stop. Yes. I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you are currently working with high-achieving students from the Urban Corps. And, yeah. And teaching with IB, you are the chair of the World Languages Department, and you sponsor the Student Council and the Gender and Sexuality Alliance Club. Uh, tell me a little bit about... I mean, all of that. I like that because I tell me a little bit about IB. Tell me a little bit about student council. Tell me a little bit about the Gender and Sexuality Alliance Club. Cool. IB is a kind of internationally recognized program, which is really cool. So the students who are taking uh, studying Spanish. Okay. Um, so they all take the same tests at the end of their their two years of instruction. So we kind of get to like level it out. But the really cool part and what I love about it is that I basically have free reign. So I get to choose what the students talk about, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, the first unit we did this year was like multiculturalism. So we got to talk about the 
kind of the uh, racism and divisiveness in the U.S. right now and talk about the Latino perspective and the black perspective and uh, how that's affecting minority populations. But we got to do it all in Spanish, which is oh, super wow. cool. Yeah, that's really so, awesome. So we get to do pretty much whatever we want as long as we're using the language, which I love. That's really, really awesome. I actually, I don't think I mentioned this. It says... So this is at Lincoln College Preparatory Academy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I mentioned that for some reason, but there you go. And you yeah. are also the uh, student council sponsor. Lots of student councils work a lot differently at different yeah. schools. So how does your student council do things? Mm-hmm. Student council is like probably my favorite part of the job. It's awesome. We have about eight or nine students who are elected by the student body to be the executive board. So we've got obviously like the president and the vice president and the treasurer and the secretary. But then we have three major committees. We've got a homecoming committee, mm-hmm. which throws on the dance and and does all of that kind of stuff uh, related to Spirit Week and everything. We've got the student involvement committee, which throws events for the whole student body to be involved in. And then we've also got a community service committee, which does like philanthropic events. And so those eight students and I work super, super close together and they basically run the show. Like I ask them to, you know, what they want to do at the beginning of the year and then I help them execute it. So the cool part is it's less of me doing stuff and more of me just supporting them as they want to do stuff. So, which is amazing. That's how, that's something that a really good student council sponsor would be able to recognize is like, it's more about them leading mm-hmm. and you kind of sitting back and being a tool that they can use. The other thing that I'm actually really excited to hear about, because I've actually never heard of a club like that. It's interesting. So I coach at East High School here in Wichita. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was walking through the halls the other day. I feel like clubs at schools have gotten way more broad. Like when I was in school, it was like you had – Maybe a robotics club, uh-huh. maybe an engineering club, and right. maybe like a math club or something. Mm-hmm. But I was walking through East the other day, and they got like a pottery club. They got like a comedy. Like, I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, this one is something I've never heard of before. This is something I'm not 100% familiar with. So mm-hmm. what is the Gender and Sexuality Alliance Club? It's actually brand new at our school. Um, we're not the first person, obviously, to have a GSA. GSA used to stand for Gay Straight Alliance, okay. but with kind of the movement within the LGBT community towards more inclusive and accepting language, they had changed the name to the Gender and Sexualities Alliance. Okay. So basically, uh, we just provide a safe space for queer kids to come and spend some time after school with people who are like them, which is just... It's really awesome because me, myself, growing up as a little queer kid in the middle of nowhere in Kansas, I had no one that looked like me and no one that sounded like me and no one that wanted to talk about that kind of stuff with me. I was from a a class of 54 students total. And so this is super cool because it's another student-led organization. So I basically am very hands-off with this and let three of our LGBT seniors decide what we're going to do. We meet twice a month. We talk about LGBT history. We watch some documentaries. We talk about the types of pronouns that students want to use. And we also kind of troubleshoot some things that they're going through with perhaps their families who might not be super accepted accepting of their sexuality, bullying situations that they might run into with their classmates, ways that they can communicate with their classmates, their needs, um, and how they want to be recognized, uh, and all of those kinds of things. So it's super cool. It's very empowering. And it's definitely, I think, 
one of the clubs that every school should have. That sounds legit. So you said it used to be the the Gay Straight Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that mean that you have people in the club that are are gay, and then people that aren't, and they come together in the club, or like how how does that work? Or are you bringing in people that are all kind of, kind of the same, and then you just talk about different issues that are are going on outside? Yeah, so the vision is it's it's accepting of anyone with a focus on LGBT issues. So Sweet. yeah, GSA used to be back in the day, it used to be like, well, let's get people, you know, who identify as LGBT, LGBT, and let's get people who identify as straight. Let's put them in the same room and just make sure that they're living side by side and they're understanding each other mm-hmm. and can see each other and support each other. And now gay and straight aren't necessarily the best definers for kind of some of the identities of the students that we have, right? We have a lot of like trans issues popping up. We have a lot of non-gender non-conforming students at our school. And, you know, sometimes high schoolers don't know how to process it when a person who is born with male reproductive organs is wearing long painted fingernails and has their hair up in a ponytail and has makeup on, but still walks into the boys' restroom. And so we get to, yeah, troubleshoot some of that stuff within that group. And, and hopefully that, you know, spreads out into the school at large. That's fantastic. I also awesome. think, I just really like the thought of that, just providing a safe space for, for one, but then also like a place where someone who, who maybe isn't necessarily used to that kind of thing could go in and learn about it and mm-hmm. actually like figure out ways because I think, especially in Kansas, <laughs> a lot of people just don't know how to deal with that they, they, mm-hmm. because they've been they've grown up in uh, you know a very I mean this is a very conservative part of the country mm-hmm. and stuff and so people aren't necessarily all always like used to seeing stuff like that and so right. they don't know how to really react and it's not mm-hmm. necessarily all the time that they disrespect it or anything sometimes it's just like I honestly don't know what to say and so then usually nine times out of ten they'll say something and it's not the best you know <laughs> i've been in a room where someone said something before and it's just been like oh man why yeah. why would you say something like that so <laughs> mean oh well that's awesome thanks so we will actually get into a little bit before before the break we have just spent a while talking about all that stuff, which is awesome. I'm okay with that. But I would like to know, how are you starting a Monday? When you go into the, cause this is a podcast about starting, uh, your week off on the right foot, being ready, especially in the cold. We gotta, we gotta recharge these teachers. So yeah. do you have any rituals or anything that you do to start your week off? Yeah, I have a few actually. And a lot of them start on Sunday. To be honest, I really, (laughs) I unfortunately work on Sundays a lot. And so the first thing I do is I make sure I have meals ready for the week, um, which sounds like totally unrelated to teaching. But if I don't have food before I leave my house on a Monday morning, and if I don't have food ready for lunches over the next few days, I get like hangry. I turn in like, (laughs) I'm really like short with my students. And so like, I have to realize that taking care of myself is step one to taking care of them. And so... I usually spend like two or three hours just cooking on a Sunday, um, getting a lot of veggies, some healthy stuff, getting some healthy snacks ready in the Tupperware, ready to go so I can just walk out the door. That's one. Another one is I tend to like, you know, I make my lesson plans in advance, but I will look at the week overall and I'll ask, I'll ask myself if, if I see uh, enough balance in the lesson plans. And so that for me is like balance between 
students doing work and me doing work. And so I have to like double check my lesson plans to make sure I'm not giving myself too much work over the week as far as like grading and taking stuff home and doing things in my own downtime and my own free time, Mm -hmm. but also not giving the students too much to do so that they're overwhelmed. I teach, you know, I teach an IB program. So these kids, they have six or seven advanced courses every single day. Right. And how do you, you know, how do you ensure that you yourself have like a balance so that your mental health is okay? And how do you also ensure that your students' mental health is okay by not overwhelming them too? So I always try to double check and make sure that there's balance in my philosophy is I've got these students for 50 minutes a day and we're going to use every single second of that 50 minutes so that when they go home, they have less to do for me, right? So I'm all right. about wasting time. That's amazing, dude. I love it. Is there any? Is there anything else? Yeah, I have this book um, of of poetry for uh, like education specific poetry. Uh huh. Um, and I try to read at least one thing out of there every week. And so I can. I'll send you that. Uh, the name of that. It's it slipped my mind, but it's like this. It has the poem on one side, and on the other side, it has a teacher's interpretation of the poem. So it's pretty cool. It's very relevant, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we can even, if you send that to me after this, we can uh, go ahead and put, like, a link to it. Uh, Even for the Audible trial, that'd be kind of cool. Nice, yeah. Right before the break, what is something that you are doing that maybe other teachers don't? I mean, we've just talked about that. What is something that is unique about the way you teach that maybe other teachers could learn from or maybe other teachers aren't doing right now? Mm, that's a good question, Fred. That's a very good question. Spoken like a politician. You know, that's a good <laughs> question, and I'm going to answer it. <laughs> the one thing that I do, you ask, is that, uh, <laughs> that I do different from other people. <laughs> Talking around it. I give a lot of free choice. I like to present, I like to present the students with a lot of options. And so one thing that's really cool about the IB curriculum, which I think could trickle down onto other types of, you know, language classes or even across disciplines is giving students choice. So I'll, I'll basically create an assignment and I'll say, you, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about as long as you are using the language and terminology that we've been talking about in class. And it's really cool because I think that allows students to research things they want to research. And so even within my Spanish class, I teach a lot of African-American students. So we've got people talking about criminal and the prison system reform in mm-hmm. Spanish. Oh, wow. So it's not even, I mean, it's, it's something that's super relevant to their own interests and their own lives, but they're getting to do it in the language that I want them to do it in. So that's um, super cool. I love it. Well, we are going to go ahead, take a really quick break, thank a sponsor, and we will be right back. For you, the listeners of the Teacher Recharge podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Whenever I have a guest on the show, I ask them for a recommendation. So, Seth, what is a book that you would recommend? There's this awesome book that I've read called Enrique's Journey. It's by Sonia Nosario. It's a pure Pulitzer Prize winner, and it's all about one boy's journey, immigration journey from Central America up to the U.S., and it kind of opens our eyes to the struggles that those people go through. So it's very heart-wrenching and very eye-opening story. It's really cool. 
That is fantastic. If you want to download Enrique's Journey or any of the other 180,000 titles they have to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, you can just go to audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Once again, just take your happy little butt over to audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge for your free audiobook and free 30-day trial. And we're back. I'm going to start that over that. No, I'm not. No, you know what? Forget it. it, That was good. That was, you know, you got to, you got to take it and roll with it. You know, you got to work. It's real life, bro. It's real life. What is that song? It's something. Him work it. It's time to make you bring it. Whatever. Something about a baguette. I don't know what she's saying. Anyways, we are back from the break with Seth Oldham. And guess what time it is? It's my favorite time of the entire week, of the entire episode of everything. It is story time. It's story time with Seth Oldham. That means he's going to have the floor. I'm excited about that. Seth, give us your best story. All right. So I teach high school, right? But the cool thing about being a Spanish teacher is that when you get certified, you get to teach pre-K all the way through 12th grade. So when I was doing my student teaching, I started off at a high school. I started at East High School, actually, in Wichita. And so I was working with the juniors and seniors there. And and obviously, they're super intelligent. It was in the IB program. We were talking about like social justice things and talking about music and musicians' intentions. And this is all in Spanish, right? So we're like really rocking it. And then (laughs) the second half of my student teaching experience, uh, they put me in a pre-kindergarten classroom. So... I literally went from that to like, okay, students, when we use markers, what do they have to say when they close? (laughs) Click. And like literally like a 180. It was like the exact opposite experience, which was really cool. So obviously, I'm really comfortable working with high schoolers. I had no clue what I was doing with these uh, (laughs) pre-kindergarten students. And the cool part was it was was a primarily... Uh, Latino school. So most of the students there spoke Spanish. And so I basically got to teach kindergarten, pre-kindergarten in Spanish, which was really awesome. And so these students who are, you know, four, five years old, three, four, five years old, they're still, their brains are still trying to, you know, sift apart these languages. And so they make all these really awesome errors. And so my first day, you know, I walk in and I'm like, I have no idea what to expect. And it was a great start because like on the first day, a kid like pooped on the floor and I was like, awesome. (laughs) Yes. My my, uh, cooperating teacher was like, well, this is real life. Guess you get a, you know, toss you into the fire. (laughs) Got to do that. Um, so I got, I got used to it and it was really great. And this, our lesson for probably our third or fourth week when I was like finally teaching the course by, our, by myself was about like marine life. And so we were, you know, talking about puffer fish and blowfish and we were making fish faces, you know, where you put your hands up and they act yeah. like the fin. They suck their lips <laughs> and so we, you know, we decided to take a break and walk all the students down to the restroom. And so we're walking down to the restroom and you know, you got to make it fun. So I was like, all right, everyone's going to put their, their fins by their face and make it, you know, like we're going to swim all the way down to the bathroom. Oh my. So we swim all the way down the hall to the bathroom. And, you know, when, when students do that, it creates little indentions on their face, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and so I guess one of the students walked into the bathroom and was doing it in the mirror and saw those little indentions. And she comes out of the restroom and she goes, Mr. Seth, Mr. Seth, look at my nipples. Oh. <laughs> 
She's pointing to the dimples on her face. <laughs> and I said, yes, you have very nice d d dimple. <laughs> so I will literally never forget this little, you know, oh Spanish girl mistaking the word nipples for dimples. Oh, my goodness. I think you just came up with the name of this episode. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, wow. Well, well definitely a, a I mean, honestly though, to be honest, that's not much different from from the high schoolers. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. That is that is I'm like, oh wow. I was like crying laughing. That was awesome. Well, that was really cool. Actually, we actually have a couple more minutes here and there was a question I didn't get to earlier. So, I'm going to go ahead and ask it real quick just right before we get into the very final end of the episode what is something that you have failed at and what was your solution to that failure my first year of teaching was abysmal (laughs) like my very first probably i don't know six weeks were just rough like i I walked in expecting the, these middle schoolers to just, you know, gobble up this information. And I think I threw way too much of them all at the same time. And they bombed their very first test. Like, I mean, average of like 40%. Oh, wow. You know, at, as an early teacher, it's so easy to like place the blame on the students and be like, well, you guys didn't study. You know, what were you guys doing last night? I can't believe you didn't even like pull out your notes or crack open your book or whatever. And so I went to my very smart mentor and was just kind of, you know, asking her a bunch of questions. It's the uh, infamous Jerry Smart at Prince University. Oh, okay. Yeah. Magnificent Spanish teacher. And so I just, I had to ask for advice. I said, I don't really know what I did or what I did wrong or why they failed. I said, I thought I did a good job and I thought they were tracking with me. And so I just had to go and ask for help. And sometimes that's what you got to do if you're if your lesson or your unit or whatever you're teaching. They just don't get it. You just got to ask for help. And so I still try to do that. I have some awesome coworkers in the Spanish department where I'm at now. And some of them are curriculum and instruction people. And so just asking for help. It's really all I can do. Yes, that is a really, really good perspective there, too, just because I just feel like the the whole thought with anybody is always like, well, I, I can get this. And if I have to ask for help, that means I'm weak. But mm-hmm. if you do that, you're putting yourself first. You're not putting your, your students first. And the goal is to get the best out of your students possible. Right. Uh, and sometimes you're not always going to have the answer for that. Sometimes it does take a different perspective. And sometimes it, it does take people that have helped you in the past to help you again, or even new people like reaching out to somebody. Like, I don't know. I've learned so much just by doing this podcast, just by mm-hmm. hosting this podcast that ha- has helped me in the coaching game and, and in the speaking game even. So okay. that's really, really cool. Well, we are about out of time. So if anybody wants to reach you, if anybody wants to find you, where could they do that? So you can get me on Facebook. It's Seth Oldham. It's spelled Oldham, pronounced Oldham, O-L-D-H-A-M. Or you can get me on Instagram. Uh, it's Oldham Seth, all one word. Whoa, you... You, Make it easy for you. You you reversed it. Reverse, <laughs> reverse. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. We will put a link to those two things in the description. And you know what? It's been a pleasure having you yes. on the show. Thanks for having me, man. All right. 
Hey everyone, just a real quick end of episode announcement. Next week we will not have an episode because of Thanksgiving week. We follow the school calendar, so we'll see you in two weeks. If you or anyone you know would be good for this podcast, go ahead, email me, teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. And if you could go ahead and on iTunes or Google Play or anywhere you listen to this podcast, if you could go ahead and leave a rating and or review, that would be so unbelievably helpful. It just kind of helps with the rankings and stuff like that. And that will ensure that I can keep this continuing for years to come. But hey, thank you. If you want to check out my speaking business, you can go to my website, fredmotivates.com and learn about the love and success approach to leadership. I just spoke to Curtis Middle School here in Wichita. I spoke to their AVID program, had a lot of fun, made a big difference. It was awesome. It was a party. And I'd love to hear from you. But until after Thanksgiving, please have an amazing week. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. Make an impact. And we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>